And now the All Blacks just waiting for the French to peel off the tracksuits, stand in front of them, and receive the challenge of the Hucker. Well, the challenge has been received by the French. Stand by the Rugby World Cup final. Greetings, Grandstanders. Welcome to another edition of Grandstand Podcast. Today we've prepared, we have a delectable episode uh, prepared for you. Uh, the professor and I searched the world over to find you only the most uh, quality uh, people to interview and uh, talk to. Um, today we will be talking about the wonderful sport of rugby, although rugby is, um, you know, it, it's mainstream all over in, 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 in every part of the world, it seems that that seems like, at least Europe, uh, the Southern Hemisphere, uh, India, I think Pakistan plays rugby, but uh, here in America, it is definitely not a mainstream sport, so... That's why we've included it in this segment on uh, non-mainstream sports, because when we talk about non-mainstream, of course, we're talking about non-mainstream in, uh, uh, in the United States. But uh, before I introduce my guest, I'm going to introduce my partner in crime, the professor checking in from uh, one of the five boroughs in uh, New York City. I think he moves from borough to borough, depending on the episode. Uh, how are you, professor? I'm good, good. Reporting from, uh, from Manhattan today. From Manhattan, from the borough of Manhattan, uh, west side or east side? Uptown. <laughs> Uptown. <laughs> Holy shit. Right, right in, we're actually right in the middle of, of the east and west side, <laughs> to, to, be, to be accurate. So, so as, is, uh, as is tradition here at Grandstand, I always ask you about the weather, but today I'm going to break with tradition and I'm going to ask... Uh, but I'm going to keep with the theme. Uh, anything uh, that you can report on there from uh, from the ground in, in Manhattan, or any any metaphorical uh, winds or weather or, or things that uh, grandstanders need to be uh, informed about, you might want to share with us. Ooh, um, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's it's uh, the, the the spring spirit is in the air. Everybody's in a good mood. Everybody's ready to go. I was just out just right before this, and and everyone has a smile on their face, and it's a nice. Nice sunny blue sky day. So, um, uh, if there's one thing about New Yorkers is um, uh, they appreciate a nice day uh, of weather, as opposed to us from California, who even on a nice day we uh, we want better. We're bitching about the fact that it's like one degree too hot. Yeah, 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 or one degree too cool. You're you're right. So, <clears throat> thank you, Professor, for uh, for for uh, reporting from uh, from from the Big Apple. Um, so, so today we have a very special guest. Uh, uh, we have my uh, dear friend checking in from from the Basque country, from the uh, from the from the northern side of the Basque country, from the French side. Um, the Basque seem to have no fucking regard for uh, borders because they've decided to plant their region right in between two borders. Actually, no, two countries decided to plant their borders in between their their country, but. Um, <laughs> They they are a a proud people and they love to play rugby and our our um our guest today uh not only happened to have played rugby for a long time but also happens to be 
a uh, huge rugby grandstander. So uh, today uh, on our show, Cristian Palomes, how are you today? I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. How are you? Doing fabulous. Thank you for thank you for joining us, and thank you for uh, agreeing to 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 share your wisdom and uh, whatever information you can give us about the uh, great game of rugby. Be more than happy to. <laughs> so uh, so uh, uh, I think before before we get into asking you any questions about your experiences with rugby and and kind of some background information, uh, your credentials, so to speak. I think uh, I think uh, uh, the professor uh, has has a, has a couple questions for you to start off. Okay. Well, just from, um, uh, you know, Mario was briefing me before before the episode, and, and just for legal purposes, uh, we have to ask, um, are you a member of ETA? No. <laughs> and by the way, uh, ETA is the Spanish fraction of uh, the uh, Basque Revolution. So what Here is- in, the, in the French side is Iparetarac. A lot of a lot of people from ETA do go and, and kind of hide out and uh, spend time on the northern side, right? Absolutely, absolutely, yes. And so let's get into it, Christian. Uh, yes. Tell us a little bit about um, tell us a little bit about your experiences playing rugby. When did you start playing rugby, and why you started to play rugby? I started when I was eight. Uh, my brother was two years older than me. Started uh, probably a year before I did, so he was uh, nine, I was seven. Uh, This was pretty much to get out of the house, uh, out of my mom's hair, I suppose. And uh, the uh, reason, the reason why is just, uh, it was that or pilota or, you know, Hayalai, you know that sport, right? Yeah, yeah. With with the glove, okay. Well, it's a shorter one, it's called um, uh, Yoko Garbi, and uh, it's a shorter glove. And being chubby and not really fast, I wasn't really good at it. So I went into rugby uh, when I was eight. Uh, I mean, you know, it's just to run around, I suppose. And uh, the reason why I choose rugby over uh, soccer, there's no soccer team here. And uh, there was a teacher here who decided to uh, uh, start this club, this rugby club. And I'm sure it was on a bet because of the uh, other village that we have next to us who already had an established rugby team and it's probably out of, out of I don't know, hate, uh, not hate, but I don't know, just, just to fight, you competition. know. Competition. Competition, yeah, sure, yes. for sure, competition. And uh, so he started that association and uh, he was the president, he was uh, a player, he was uh, everything. Pretty much till uh, till the end, uh, because uh, the rugby team here split as well, and we had to merge with the other town because the other town didn't have enough players, and so it's a big team now. It's two town town team. I want to add before you tell me about those towns and about those rivalries. I want to add that uh, I've been out to visit Christian in in the Basque country, um, in and. Uh, so Chris, Chris, just to just to, did we say already that you're on the French side? If it's not obvious already, but um, so so uh, the one thing that I thought was really beautiful is in uh, talk about a talk about a sport uh, a sport uh, sport loving culture in the center of their town. What do they have in the center of their town, uh, Christian? 
what is the, the, the what is the sport that you did? I just remember being like so so like so moved by the idea that every town has a pelota court. Yeah, so fronton, it's called a fronton. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's the center of the town. Yeah, uh, center of the town. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of already know where your priorities are. It's not the church. It's the uh, it's the it's the it's the fronton court. And then there's also rugby. Uh, I you see the rugby fields everywhere, which. Yes. You know, you 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 don't need to know. You don't need to ask. You kind of immediately know what uh, what sports matter to to the Basque in this region. So, so I wonder, uh, Christian, uh, because in in, uh, in in on the Spanish side, the the Basque region is is an autonomous region. It's uh, it's it's in a way it has a, a, a bit of independence from Spain, but. On the French side, uh, the the Basque region is not autonomous. It's a recognized uh, cultural like enclave, but it's not its own autonomous region. Do you and do you think because uh, rugby is very popular in France? And before we started the episode, you said uh, it's not very it's not big in Germany, and they have big guys that could you know bring it. They have you know the Belgians don't play it. This uh, this. The Swiss don't play, but the French do really love rugby, and they have a league. It's, it's league the 14, or what is the name of the league in France? Uh, top 14. The, top 14. The top 14, thank you. And, and do you think that the, the reason that, that rugby became so big in, in France was because it was so big in regions like the Basque Country, or it was the other way around, that uh, because these, these, these uh, not-so-autonomous regions kind of assimilated to the sport of rugby, or was it the other way around? Who do you think, who do you think took, was it, the, was it the Basque taking it from the French, or the French taking it from the Basque? Oh, it has to be the Basque taking it from the French. <clears throat> Why do you think that is? Because it, it did originate in England, and uh, it was a... I mean, rugby is, I mean, they considered it a, a noble sport because you can play soccer wherever you want. I mean, football. You can play it in, in the sand. You can play it in, a, you know, uh, in the dirt. You can play it anywhere you want in, like, five meters, five square meters. But whereas rugby, you need to have a field, you know, and uh, posts. And, uh, I mean, you need to be able to tackle somebody without really injuring yourself and your opponent, you know. So, in some way, uh, I don't know. Well, it's it was it is, to my opinion, more dangerous. But it was considered a noble sport, and uh, um, it started in university uh, in rugby, England. Funny enough, it's a town of called rugby. When this guy was playing soccer and decided to grab the ball. And go into the goal, the the the, <laughs> the goalie the goalie post, and just bring the ball in there, you know, and that's how the the game was created. Yeah. So, so you so, you mentioned something that well, that, hold on just one second. Yes. Okay. What I'm saying, what I'm uh, to come back to your question is uh, uh, the, the Bass took it from um, the, the 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 French because uh, the North had always more money than the, the Basque region or the South in general, you know. So uh, rugby fields were created afterwards. So that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, know? okay. So I, so to that, um, you know, from, it, it seems that the, the, the perception is that uh, in the UK, you know, uh, rugby is seen as a sport for, for the middle class, for the upper class, um, mm-hmm. while soccer is more of the sport for the people. Um, 
but it mm. seems like that's a UK thing. Is, is, or, or does that apply also in, in, in France? Is it, there is, are there class divisions or is it a, does, does rugby, yeah. it goes across? Yeah, here, no, here rugby is more for the people class. That's interesting, yeah. Oh, yeah, and soccer is not, it's for the elite. Soccer is you for the elite? You think so? Absolutely, ah. yeah. All like, over France or in the Basque country? All over France. Hmm, why do you think that is? Uh, I, I, I was thinking about it when uh, you guys mentioned this, and uh, there was already a soccer team or football club in uh, uh, the the village next to us, and it was created before the rugby uh, team. So that proves, you know, shows you the importance of football in France, anyways. And uh, they put they invested a lot of money into it, whereas. Here, the rugby teams in either villages actually started with absolutely nothing, not even a, a shower, you know, after a game or uh, a practice or something like that. Whereas um, the soccer players had everything already, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's different. It was more for the people here. It's more a blue-collar thing than, uh, than uh, here in the Basque Country. I cannot tell you about the rest of France, but rugby here is for the people definitely which is uh um funny because there's a you've probably heard this quote christian but maybe if you have oscar wilde said that uh rugby is a game for barbarians played by gentlemen <laughs> football is a yeah. game for gentlemen played by barbarians i think that's a really <laughs> telling quote if you really think of it there's uh, an element of truth to it or an element of, of truism to it um, so, uh, going off of that, um, what is, do you know, what's the difference between, or what was or is the difference between rugby union and rugby league? Well, it's not, there's, uh, it's, um, just technical point of view. Well, the, um, rugby union is 15 players. Rugby league is 13 players. Okay. okay. That's from the get go from there. And in the uh, rugby union, 15, you need different type of shapes of players because uh, you have scrums and you have rucks and malls, whereas in, in, uh, in rugby league, you don't have that. It's difficult to, uh, to, to explain this without images. Yes. Because if you've never watched a, ray, uh, a game of rugby, you won't understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, you know, that was so, something that I thought was really interesting because I've sat and watched rugby with you and I've, and I've watched rugby uh, plenty before and I sort of kind of understand it a little bit more. But um, I think it's even though it's, it's a pretty basic idea, you get the ball across the goal, it's still, there's a lot of things, like Amer if you're trying to explain, explain it or read about it, I don't know if you found this to be true, Professor, I had no frame of reference. So when they, you know, I know, I understand that a try is a score, but, you know, I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about with half the shit they're saying here? You know, did you find that, Professor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very confused. It, it, it made me, it, it made me think of this must be what, this must be what it's like for a non-American uh, trying to understand the game of American football, like NFL football. There's, right. there's just so many little technicalities and, and different rules and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, basically, basically, essentially, they're the same sports because 
what they started to secede is because of money and they wanted to take you know two players out on the rugby league and when the rugby union state it, it's seriously it's all about money <laughs> if you read the history yeah it's pretty it, it's pretty funny would you, you say that one is more technically uh more technical than the other like would you would you compare one as being more rough more brutish and the other one more technical or or they're the same I have to say, okay, um, I have to say that uh, it's probably more intense physically in the rugby league because um, th those guys are nonstop. It's more, uh, uh, it's, it's nonstop, basically, you know, whereas in rugby uh, union, you stop for the, the scrums, you stop for the the touch, you know, the sideline thing. Yeah. You know, so you have time to kind of recuperate. Where they grab the and players and they pick them up. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's fun. I like watching that. Right. And uh, as the other ones, it's just like go, 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 go nonstop. So those guys have to be physically fit. Where, where in rugby union, you have all kinds of shapes and sizes because you have uh, something to do like the, the prop has to push in the, in the scrum, you know, and the, the second guy has to jump high, you know, that's what it is. So, so without, so without confusing the hell out of our listeners, um, <laughs> um, what are the three ways that you can, in both games, are the ways of scoring essentially the same thing? Absolutely. And what are those have, ways? How do you score a rugby match? Okay. You have a try. Which is like After, a touchdown, like someone goes over like the... touchdown, yeah. and then you have a, uh, you know, a field goal. Uh -huh. And the points changes, change, but we don't care about that. See there mm -hmm. again, but whatever. Uh -huh. uh, you have the, the field goal afterwards, and then you have a drop kick that you can do. You know, a drop kick? Yeah, so, drop explain, so, so, so if you can imagine the try as a touchdown, the field goal as, as a point extra, an extra point. Uh, yes. uh, uh, and but then, what is the drop kick? Can you explain that? How does that work? And when can somebody a drop kick? Essentially, it, is it like scoring a goal in soccer? Like you're running, play is going on, and then you kick it through the post to the, and then you score a goal. Is that how it works? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you have to uh, kick it through the the post, but you have to let the ball drop on the on the ground first before kicking it. And you could do that at any time. Yes, you can, but I mean, you know, some people try it for some for from far away, about like forty-five meters, fifty meters. It's like what forty yards or something like yeah. that. And considering and that you have a whole team in front of you and the game is very fast, it's, it's a lot yeah. harder than it seems. Yes. Okay. One thing, though, I have to say: when, once you score a try, though, uh, wherever you you score the try, the field goal is uh, completely uh, um, aligned with uh, where uh, the try was. Uh, what scored? You know what I mean. Oh, so it doesn't go, go in between the posts. So there's it could an angle be to it. Far left or far right. You know what I mean. Right. Okay. And so what but, did so it, the Basque brand of rugby that you played? What did you play? Union or league? Union. What position did you play? Uh, I started as a prop. I said I was chubby, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, I turned into a flanker. I love that. And then I ended up as a wing. Uh, I have good legs, I have to say. I, I run fast. <laughs> <laughs> so we've heard. <laughs> Professor, any questions? 
<laughs> Except that you beat me one oh. night. Wait, can we so, talk about that? Uh, that's so. Do you remember earlier when when Mario was asking what my second question was? Um, yes. This is what he wanted to get at. Uh, he just wanted confirmation. Uh, is it true that uh, that he was victorious in a foot race against you? Yes, he was. Does that make I him? The, does that make him the fastest person in the Basque Country? <laughs> Far from it. No. <laughs> Listen, this is what this is. So we're leaving a bar in, in San Francisco called the Argus, and uh, we're both pretty hammered. And he he says. <laughs> Did you know that I'm the fastest man in the Basque Country? I said, oh, <laughs> I'll just shit. Say that. <laughs> I said, oh, shit, you're not the fast. I'm like, fuck, man. I said, if you're the fastest man in the Basque Country, then I'm the I'm the I'm the fastest man in the Basque Country now. And so then we challenged each other to a foot race on Tiffany Street. Do you remember that? That's right. It was Tiffany Street. We're both hammered, well. so uh, I don't know if that counts. I I I I am pretty fast, drunk or sober, but I won, and I remember saying, "What's that?" So you guys were running on PEDs. PEDs, yes, performance performance enhancement drugs, yes, we were, um, and probably other things in our system. Uh, God knows what could happen every time we went to the Argus, uh, but yeah, I ended up winning the race, and I just remember thinking. God, I am the fastest man in the fucking Basque country. That is in, that is incredible. So every time I meet a Basque person, I tell them, "Did you know that I'm the fastest person of your people?" <laughs> it's true. I really so, don't remember saying that, but I could have. I yeah, I'm stupid enough to say something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I prefaced it with a bar and drinking. I, I don't. I don't necessarily. Well. I would hey, I send you, challenge. I send you a picture, by the way. We're probably, I don't know, 17 or something like, not even. And we're in a bar. And uh, I don't know if we lost or if we won, but we sure look happy, man. Awesome. Uh, uh, tell us a, tell us a, a story, uh, um, a memorable episode, uh, uh, rugby, with, with kind of, you know, some of that, that cultural flair that you, that you, that you that you bring to it because you talk about your town. You would you your town would go play another town, and and I mean within the Basque Country, I'm assuming, or outside of the Basque Country. Yeah, it depends. It depended if uh, we made it to the you know the the sixteenth of finals, the eighth of finals, the semifinals, the quarterfinals. It depends, yeah. But uh, <laughs> the further I went, it's probably a semifinal. Oh yeah, where, where was that? I don't remember. I know we lost, but I don't remember where it was. You were drunk for that one too? Well, afterwards, yeah, of course, but <laughs> not before. <laughs> or maybe, I don't know, I'm kidding. Um, no, we went to a final, and it was here in Anglet. It was not too far. And uh, it ended up in a general fight, and it was horrible. We lost. We got creamed. It was just, yeah, it was just not a good day. <laughs> so so uh there's a lot of drinking and a lot of violence uh like 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 what do you think do you think that that's uh do you think that that's one of the reasons why maybe it it hasn't gained in popularity as much as soccer or just because it's it's just just didn't happen well i mean look at the 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 fans in soccer what's going on there you don't see that in rugby or rarely you know you would see that on the field now, it changed a lot, and that is one of the reasons why I stopped rugby because I've seen a lot of my friends get hurt, like 
you know, kicked in the face and things like that. And um, I was just thinking to myself, why do I put myself there? Because um, we were just playing for the jersey, if you know what I mean, you know? That's we're the not only paid. to play for. Continue. Right. <laughs> That's it. We're not paid. As the rugby league, by the way, has been professional from the get-go and not the rugby union, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The rugby uh, uh, union has been professionalized since the 2000s or something like that. I, don't, I, I can't remember. Anyways, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was violent at the time. But uh, um, but it was just you know fist fights and it was okay except for sometimes it's just ugly viciousness where which I didn't agree with yeah you could have a problem with a guy and you just throw punches and everything's okay at the end you know but uh, when you kick somebody who's on the on the ground I, I just don't think it's that's not very gentlemanly. <laughs> No, it's just ridiculous. And so before I ask you about a, a personal anecdote about a game or a rugby story, tell me about mm -hmm. the, the the grandstand. Tell me about P, the fans, uh, the particular Basque uh, grandstanding people. What, what are the what, the Basque get into their rugby? What, how do they celebrate? How do they? What's the experience like watching a game in the in in the grandstand with uh, surrounded by fellow uh, Basque countrymen? Oh, it's intense. <clears throat> It's really intense, you know. People scream and yell, and uh, they chant. They, uh, yeah, there's songs for our team and uh, other teams, and uh, it's fun. The flags, like everywhere, everywhere else, you know. But here in the Basque country, I have to say that uh, Bayonne is uh, notorious for their singing. They sing, they sing pretty much the entire game, you know, and it's great. Either they lose or they win. Everybody sings, you know. It's fun. It's really fun. So, so uh, you had mentioned before we started the podcast that, you know, I wanted to ask you because you've told me plenty of stories, and maybe it's, sometimes it's hard to on the spot to remember like a, a magical, fantastical one. Um, but if you can think of one, that would be it. Would be great if you could share about going to another town and and engaging in in the pageantry that people typically associate with rugby. Because when I think of rugby, I think of these stories that you would tell me. But then you also mentioned. Um, one of your favorite rugby moments ever was uh, in Bayonne watching the All Blacks. So maybe if you, you want to talk about both or just want to talk about one, that would be great. Yeah, I mean, I have to say that uh, I played rugby for 12 years and uh, I better I have to say that uh, the, the, the better experiences outweigh the, the worst ones because uh, we're, we're a gang of friends, you know, basically. And, we're just having fun, uh, just having fun. And the day you stop having fun, well, it's not worth doing it anymore. You know what I mean? And uh, we had great times. We had um, games where we embraced, I mean, seriously, you know, embraced the opponent because it was such a good game. So the intense, like technical point of view games is just amazing. An amazing game of rugby just slaps across the back. We had drinks afterwards together, chant, you know, sing together and everything. But I have to say that when I was 12, <clears throat> um, the father of a friend brought us to Bayonne to see the All Blacks play the... Uh, um, the Who are the All Blacks, Christian? The All Blacks, they're the national team for New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And uh, he brought us to Bayonne to watch the All Blacks against the selection of the Basque country. And uh, for the first time in my life, I experienced... I've, saw, I've seen it on TV, 
but I, I experienced the the yaka, which is uh, it's a war chant that they do uh, before uh, every game. So they form a summary circle facing the other team, and they do their thing, the yaka. And uh, I mean, you could hear a pin drop. Yeah, even on the on the grass <laughs> that day, everybody is so silent, and my hair was just you know raised. It's so intense. It was just crazy, and uh, that is probably the best moment I have seen in rugby. And of course, they they destroy the basket team. <laughs> you know that 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 almost seems unfair. That almost seems like. <laughs> If you are the opposing team and you're about to play a group of guys and they do that right before you play them, like talk yeah. talk about a, a, a psychological intimidation factor. Oh yeah, oh that's yeah. I, I, I'm sure that's what it was meant to be at first, definitely. So definitely. The, the New Zealand is in, but also New Zealand is generally considered one of the better teams in the world. Yes, the best as far as the best, the best. So, so, so New Zealand is a big team. Uh, Australia is pretty big. Yeah, Australia, uh, South England, America, England. As far as national teams go, uh, though, New Zealand is is top dog. You would say. Yes. And and they were called the All Blacks because they wear a beautiful All Black uniform. So and they do. And are they they're the only ones that do the haka dance? No, uh, the Samoans, the Fijians, and I can't put my finger on the last one who does that. But uh, no, they're not the only ones. The Polynesian teams? But they, yeah, uh, they have uh, different versions of it, though. For anyone who hasn't uh, so uh, experienced that, I, I it's not sense. exactly it's not exactly the same movements and chants that they do, but it's called a haka. It's uh, a war. Chant or war spill. I don't know if you said it. Yeah, right. It's 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 crazy. It's nuts when you see it live. It's just wow, wow. It's something else. So a pretty special thing, uh, Professor. You mentioned earlier the you know where when you started, uh, you started questioning playing the game because because of uh, kind of how brutal it was to your body. Right? Is that what you're? Yep. Um, yep. which I think that's really interesting the way you said that, because on the one hand, you know, uh, Mario points out the quote, you know, of, of, um, of rugby being considered the, a hooligans game played by gentlemen. Um, right. and so the, the, I don't know, that seems almost contradictory that it would be a considered a, a gentleman's game yet. So, you know, so barbaric at the same time, um, but my, what I wonder is, is, is that a conversation at all happening in, um, in France as far as the, the potential long-term consequences um, in, in playing? You know, here, here in the United States, there's a lot of talk about the effect that, that certain games are having on athletes like football, boxing, uh, games in which players get concussions and, and is starting to show that it leads to long-term uh, detrimental effects to to their brains um is that at all something that is talked about in france as far as uh the the potential uh, long-term risk in 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 playing rugby yeah it's about the same people have concussions and um it differs of course from person to person but yeah and uh substance abuse is not really regulated in rugby in the rugby world so um we don't know where is that gonna go 
so they use, are you telling there's, me there's a lot of uh, like like uh, dr uh, performance enhancement drugs? A lot, that's that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. It's, oh yeah, yeah. You look at the uh, um, the South African team. I think it was ten years ago or something like that. Uh, like, I'm not. I'm exaggerating, but maybe half of them are are dead or uh, uh, in serious conditions because uh, you heard of creatine. Yeah, creatine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it wasn't really illegal in the southern hemisphere, and those guys, you know, like gained 20 pounds of muscles in two months. I'm exaggerating again, you know, but they won the World Cup that year, and uh, and it shows, it shows. Yeah. Uh, so our moms, yeah. our moms telling their kids, our French moms, uh, if their kid says, <laughs> "Mom, I want to play uh, rugby." Are they saying uh, no because you like you know the professor said you know I don't want you to get CTE or the the brain injury uh, disease or or is it or is it a, is it still something that um, would you let your your kid play rugby? Absolutely. Even though there's risk involved uh, with uh, with the head injury, yeah. yes. Tell me why would you allow that? Because I uh, I learned uh, a lot about <laughs> stupidness in life, uh, to tell you the truth, uh, uh, playing rugby and what it is to be a team and uh, to respect your uh, opponent, uh, just to respect everybody, basically, and just try to work it out with everybody. With what do you have? Because sometimes, man, <laughs> we're, just, we're just ridiculous. And, you know, we just strap... You just you know hold on to each other and just we went for it, although we knew that we would get destroyed. You know what I mean? But we tried to get the best out of it. You know. So even at and, the uh, risk of of having a brain injury, you would say, uh, like even at the risk of hurting yourself, you would say, it's okay, okay to play for a little bit. Would you say it's uh, okay? Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it's the same. You know, when I started, I was eight, and until the age of. Seriously, it was not until the age of like 17, 18 years old where it was starting to get a little stupid, you know, because they wanted to win. They were physically, you know, uh, more powerful than we were. So they took advantage of it, you know. Mm -hmm. So, but until then, it was just really, really fun, you know. And afterwards, it gets serious. Like everybody, you know, it's just life, man. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely an element of people uh, mentioning the camaraderie of it, and, and how how big it plays a role. And and you you ask your, I ask myself, you know, because I I watch soccer, and I remember when I kind of was exposed to rugby and people who love rugby. There's there really is not just for the players, but for the people watching. There's such a such an emphasis on camaraderie and on 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 just. And I this I don't know how to explain it without saying well that happens in every sport man like why 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 would it be different in rugby but there's something unique about the way it happens or it gets expressed in the in the rugby grandstand and and there's that's one thing if you want to add something and professor if you want to jump in on this next thing I'm about to say there's an argument that's been made that um, that in a way rugby is not as brutal uh, or uh, and this is just an argument. I'm not saying I'm not saying this is his truth, but that the the reason the, the because the players aren't padded and they don't have helmets, that the way the interaction of of the bodies bruising up against each other is different because it's uh, it it requires a different approach to tackling a person than you would when you have pads and a helmet. Uh, 
have you heard that, Professor? Do you, what do you think of that? Um, well, I think it would only make sense. I mean, if if that weren't the case, these guys would be like you'd have <laughs> right. you'd have some serious injuries. I mean, the the most brutal stuff. What I've seen, and I don't know, Christian, have you experienced? Like when I've I've seen guys get kneed in the like like right in the fort, like in the eye almost, right? Like uh, in rugby, which that to me, I look at that and I go, oh my god, like that's that's intense. But um, but yeah, what you're saying makes. Per, it would have to be the case. Otherwise, guys would be dying on the field, it seems like. Right. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, you cannot go head-to-head with a dude, I mean, uh, just without a, a helmet. I mean, come on. Do you think they'll I mean, ever allow helmets in rugby? I'm Does sorry? That, you think they're going to eventually? Because I see a lot of players already wearing head protection. Is that going to yeah. become like a thing? Yeah, pretty much all of them are kind of wearing that thing, you know, but... You cannot go head to head nonstop with somebody. I mean, come on! It happens. I mean, it's just a mistake, but you don't do that on purpose, man. Right. You just don't do that. I mean, come on! Right? <laughs> I'd be nuts, dude. And there, 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 and there, there is the uh, gentleman part. <laughs> yeah. Right. Could you imagine? I'm gonna beat your ass, but I'm gonna do it nicely. <laughs> yeah, with my head. Any any horrible injuries that you had? Nope. Personally, no. Nope. I never had anything. No, nope, I'm lucky. I never even had a broken nose, to tell you the truth. Wow. Just stitches. But, you know, that's part of it. Yeah. Your belt. Oh, have you ever seen birds? I did that. <laughs> a nasty catch. I'm sorry? Like, have you ever seen birds? Like, have you ever seen birds or stars, like, been hit so hard? Yes. I've seen the flash. Yes, I have. Yeah. So it happens. Seen a friend. I mean, you know, that's you know, again. That was the end of you know. <clears throat> but now it's not as violent because you have professional um, referees around the stadium who are observing the game. Okay, and uh, it's almost in all divisions of the the rugby. Uh, oh, so you mean like in this, like like for for all the stuff the refs can't see like the like the punching and the stuff like that is that right. what you're referring to exactly exactly whereas in the past you know the the line refs were uh you know one of your uh, teammates opponent <laughs> on the other side was the opponent teammate so you know what i mean uh, it's just like it was a Anything could so go, what kind man. of thing would happen in the in in what like the scrum or something? What 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 would be like a thing like? Because uh, I've heard of yeah. men twisting legs and doing things when they're in the pile. But what what would you do? What what was the point of plan plan of attack in rugby? Well, I mean, you know, if you personally, I've never done it. But if uh, you get tackled, you say you know, let's say you get tackled and uh, your feet are. Uh, on the other side, uh, on the oppo- opposing team side, okay? Okay. And you have you have a, a ruck, mm-hmm. okay? You uh, you fight the ball. It What's a ruck? What's a ruck? A ruck is when somebody falls on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to let the ball go. So it's a free for all. Like the opening team can uh, catch it, or your team can catch it or grab it. I mean. And then you play on forward from there, you know. And it can look like a big pile of dudes fighting over a ball, and that's what it is. So basically, if you're the first one to fall who gets tackled, and you're, fortunately your legs are on the other side, you know, not on your team side, well, your legs are at risk. Your, uh, your uh, knees, 
king. You know, your ankles, and that's, you know, they just step on him till, I don't know, till they break. You know, it happened. It happened. You There's know. the savage part. <laughs> hey, do women play rugby? Oh, yeah, I wanted to mention that. We have an inter international woman player, uh, uh, rugby player here in Baiguri. That's the town she you're is, from. Yes, the town where I'm from. She's 20 years old. She's an international seven uh, rugby player. Uh, you know, seven real games? Well, it's just... Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's seven guys, right? It's, they call it rugby sevens. That was another thing we learned, or I learned. Exactly. It's, it's going to be in the Olympics uh, next year. And that athlete will be competing in that on that team? Yep. Excellent. Yeah. So, so women do play, and women do get into it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you find that that's uh, in the Basque country? Do uh, are women uh, actively involved in sports? Yes, they are. They love it. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, I have to say that uh, we've been not really lucky in our little towns and villages far away from uh, bigger, you know, uh, towns. Mm -hmm. But uh, they started to do uh, handball teams and uh, soccer girls. Uh, handball girls because uh, before that it was just dudes and uh, rugby but you have to go to Bayonne still for um, playing rugby as a girl or a woman I'm sorry um, sorry <laughs> soccer yeah <laughs> it, we've been trained well by our, our college uh, culture cross-cultural studies departments um, so <laughs> so um, um that's interesting because I, I I've read a little bit of that because because my dear friend Christian is Basque I, I have obviously have been privy to a lot of Basque culture and because of it I've also kind of gone you know I know that uh, from things I've read although this hasn't been proven but it the Basque can tend to be a patriarchal culture but I have heard like some things about the Basque being um there there being a lot of um, more so than in other cultures equality between the sexes. Would you agree? And then it, is that reflected in sports? Uh, I have to agree because uh, basically, um, and uh, I'm going to be crude right here, but back when um, uh, the Basque were nomadics, there's just, uh, you know, just mountains in the uh, summer and uh, plains. I mean, sorry, the contrary. No, there are plains in the winter and mountains in the summer just mm -hmm. to uh, follow the, the herds, mm -hmm. you know. <clears throat> the guys were just there to... Uh, you know what I mean, right? And uh, the woman, uh, the woman uh, held everything together. So as a more of a, ah oh, man, you're gonna have to help me on this one because Say it. my English is getting rusty. Um, <laughs> it was a, it was more of a woman's society than a man's. Society. It was a matriarchy. Thank you very much. Comment se dit en français? Matriarque. Ah, so the same. Yeah. yeah, it is. But in English, I have words that I just yeah. stumble upon. I can't. I have a hard <laughs> time saying the word musician. I have to think about it. <laughs> Professor, you, uh, anything you want to add to that, or anything from uh, from a sociological perspective? Um, no, that that actually was uh, what I wanted to ask about as well about the. Um, uh, women's place in in rugby, which I think that that's really interesting. I'd be now looking forward. I'm I'm interested to see if if this uh, how how similar or how different this is across other uh, rugby heavy cultures. So say like in New Zealand, uh, the UK, and 
but yeah, that's that's really interesting to to hear about the within France. What's the name of that player so we can watch for her this summer? Her name is Lisa, L I S S A R. Her first name uh, escapes me. I'm sorry. So that's her last L A L L I S S A R. Yep. Lizar, and she's from your. So you know her. You see her around town. I've seen her a couple of times, but I mean, you know, she's way younger than me, so she doesn't know who I am. You know. So you're, you're so these little clusters of towns. I know her parents, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm probably. Yeah. But it, 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 just so people get a sense. Um, uh, well, one thing that is really unique about the Basque Country is the little clusters of towns, and and then the the basically these really small little communities. But there's mm -hmm. they're kind of scattered, and you travel a few miles, and now you're in another town. Um, and then yep. there's this beautiful way that the the Basque uh, design their homes, and the colors are that they that you know. So so there's a there's a structure to the colors that you can use. Um, yep. This 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 beautiful order, but at the same time, uh, uh, not 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 uh, doesn't it doesn't seem uh, uh, restricting or or confinement. It just seems just seems like a, a a very pleasant kind of order, and it's it's it is easy enough to get to know people in your town because the towns are pretty small. So it's kind of cool to have that kind of connection, that interaction. Um, so so. It's it's really unique. The other thing I think is unique. You you say what you in uh, the Basque country you don't have like addresses on the homes. How do you how does the postman know which house to deliver your package? It's the name of your house. Nice. In the name of your. Well, it's not even the name of your street. It's just the quarter you live in, and it's just the name of your house basically. And and yeah. so if the postman's bringing something, they bring it to the name of the house. So if I'm writing something to Christian or sending him something, yes. I have I don't write fifty five oh four. I write uh, I write. No, you write house Tokenia or maison Tokenia. That's crazy, man. And that's really cool. I I, I think <clears throat> one of the unique the things. Quarter quarter of town you live in here is l'espace. And then the the, the the houses are colored differently according to the different town, right? No, 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 no. You only have three colors to uh, to choose from, basically. Oh, so you can use a different cut, but you can only use those three. Yeah, it's either brown, red, or green. And those for are the, the shutters. Those are the. Oh, the rest, the houses are white. They have to be white. Yeah, they have. Well, and there's exceptions, but yeah, basically they have to be white with the shutters either white, green, or uh, brown. Yeah. Professor, anything you want to add? That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I do have one question. Um, Christian, what would be more rewarding, a more rewarding uh, victory for you? If you were uh, playing uh, rugby and defeated a group of, uh, a group of guys from, from New Zealand or a group of, or a group of Parisians? <laughs> Wait, ask him, how about a group of Italians? <laughs> okay, or, or a third option, or a group of Italians. <laughs> No, I'll be ashamed of losing against Italians, to tell you the truth. <laughs> no, I know how to fuck with this guy. But Parisians, think about it. Yeah, same thing. No, I'd be proud to lose against uh, New Zealanders. Yes, I would be. I would be, definitely. Parisians, yeah, not so much. Hey! Reach his own, Yeah. <laughs> 
So, I, I, so Christian, there's a, a player, and, and I'm going to butcher his name. And then um, uh, his, his his name is is um, God, I have it here. He's a Basque rugby player. His name mm. is Imanol. Imanol Arandoki. Yes. Yes. Imanol Arandoki. 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 There you go. R in there. Okay. He said. Yeah. He said, I am French and Basque. There is no conflict. I am proud of both. I have friends who are involved in the political side of things, but that is not for me. My only interest is the culture, the Uskera language, the people, our history, our ways. You know this guy, and do you feel that way? And uh, one of the things we talk about on Grandstand, or one of the, one of the, the, the thesis of Grandstand is, Grandstanding and how it's unique to your part of the world, and you know uh, what's it like to be a, a, a spectator, a player, uh, a person who takes an interest in a sport uh, in in the region that you're from, and and to the the Basque I consider to be uh, a p people very rooted in the region. Um, mm -hmm. And and we jokingly asked you in the beginning if you have you or have you ever been are you or have you ever been a member of ETA? It was jokingly because <laughs> ETA and and the separatist movement has is is synonymous uh, with with the Basque uh, people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you, what what is your feelings uh, as far as the the political? Do you feel uh, more political or or more inclined toward the culture? What what are your ties more to uh, and how is that reflected in in in, in rugby, if, if at all, or what does that mean to you? It doesn't uh, influence rugby at all, to tell you the truth. Uh, because uh, when I was playing, <clears throat> it's still to this day, I'm sure, but uh, I haven't talked to this uh, to uh, the players uh, there right now. <clears throat> but uh, when I was playing, you had, the, uh, you, you had both sides. You had the sides that were uh, anti uh, French government, and you had the uh, side that was anti-Basque uh, uh, really? movement. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, again, that you know, once we're in the rugby field, man, we're, we're, we're just a gang, you know, and it, it was just about having fun and just being a team, you know. And all that was forgiven, or if not forgiven or forgotten for about an hour and a half or three hours of that night, you know, whatever. But when he got heated sometimes, it was just really sad at first because you see that both sides try to be right and, uh, you know, it's just endless arguments. And uh, I'm glad that culturally uh, there's recognition of the Basque language and all that. But... Can I say this uh, politically? I'm more pro Basque than pro French. <laughs> and so, but so that's so. I, I brought that quote up because I think it kind of captures the feeling that I've gotten, and I've been there twice, and I've been on the Spanish and the French side, and I don't really see a difference. One is an autonomous region, one is not. But I yeah. Basque on either side. Well, it's cool because they both speak uh, French and Spanish. Um, yeah. but they, they seem to be, what, what's that? And Basque mainly, I, I don't even speak Basque, but to tell you the truth, but well, but I'm just, 
you're enamored with the whole language and the culture and everything. And but that's because you, you grew up you in a time out, when know? Basque wasn't uh, wasn't you know Basque has made has, has the, the language. Uh, how do you say what's the yes. name? How do you say the name of the language in Basque? Ushkara. Ushkara. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's it's there's it's there's been a resurgence of it because people uh, who again thanks to cross cultural departments at universities uh, telling us, you know, we need to save this stuff because this is this is important to say the language of a people because the language is so connected to identity. But uh, what I was going to say is that the either side, political or not political, a very very proud people, and I thought that quote kind of summed it up and and really brought it together. Because when uh, prof the professor and I were talking, uh, when we travel, or when we're yeah. somewhere, and people, well, when you travel outside the States, and they say, where are you from? You never say, uh, I'm from the United States, or I never say I'm from, I always say from California. And, right. and, and I just remember, um, and, and, and my fandom, my everything, my whole experience as a spectator is shaped by the place that I'm from. But I remember when I first met you, the first, the first question I asked was, where are you from? Even though, you know, I could tell you had a French accent, but your, your, your answer was the Basque country. <laughs> and little did I know what I was getting myself into with the Basque. Uh, <laughs> uh, beautiful, proud, amazing people that uh, love to drink and, and eat food and uh, eat cheese. Uh, Professor, anything you want to add? Uh, any other questions that we missed? Um, no, I, I, and I think in, in one of the things that um, that Christian just said, um, n no matter all the 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 whether it be national, cultural, regional divisions that we um, that we identify with, sports is one of those vehicles that uh, that has the power to bring people together. Right. We keep we keep. We keep banging the pulpit on that. We keep saying that. You're right. Uh, Christian, anything you want to say to our grandstanders before we depart? Yeah, I want to say that Emmanuel Agnoluki is a sellout anyways because he started <laughs> here. <laughs> started in, uh, in the, he started in a village next to us where we had the big rivalry, you know. Uh -huh. And then he went on to go to Biarritz, which is fine, still in Basque Country, but now he's playing in Toulouse, you know, and just what, for what, for money. And that's the point I wanted to make before we go. It's just the rugby is not the same here in France because it turned professional. And the top 14 has basically uh, 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 more foreigners than French players in each and every team, okay? And uh, in the past, you could root... For your own team, let's say here in Bayonne or Biarritz or, you know, Toulouse or uh, Carcassonne or wherever you want to go in France, even Paris, to tell you the truth. And you can root for a team because, you know, the cousin of the player or, you know, the uncle of the player or, you know, the, you know, the, the, the grandfather of the player or something like that, you know. I was where now it's all foreigners. I'm not against it, but it's just money talks, you know, unfortunately. Okay, so you have very val valuable players that are leaving this this the Basque country, you know, to play for other teams where where you can make a great team with just the the, the, the players from the region, you know. And, and I'm sorry to say it disgusts me, and I, I don't I hardly watch rugby anymore. Ooh, yeah, money money fucks everything up, bro. But you know, yeah, it, 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 does. it does. At the same time, it seems like the more corporate a sports a sport gets, 
the less violent it gets yeah. as well. That's true. And so, that makes sense. And so it's, it's, uh, that's the paradox. Well, there's a million yeah. things I could say after yeah. that. Uh, but I, 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 grandstanders, you already know how we feel about, um, about uh, well, Professor, unless anything you want to add, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call this a wrap. Yeah, I think I think that's a a good place to to end it at. But but that just uh, that just opens up a whole another set of questions for future episodes. Now, absolutely, I think uh, um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, oh. This is just the beginning. Thank you, Christian. Love you, Mario. All right, brother. Take care, Manny. All right, take it easy, man. That was awesome.